Something came from box from box from box. Something came from box from box. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast, and it's not really about Baltimore. I'm your host, I'm Galker, and today, via Zoom, we travel to Norway to get a taste of the avant-garde and, and the improvisational work of the group called Friends and Neighbors. The album that we are chatting about is The Earth is Sharp. The album was released October 15, 2021 on the Feed records. And you'll be grateful that I was able to bring this album to your attention. It's a hot recording. The Today's Full interview is available on Patreon. It's uh, in a tier level, so you can support our efforts. And we thank you for flipping the episodes to five friends who love music just like you do. It's jazz, and it's important that you share it with your neighbors and keep this genre alive. I think you'll be impressed with the Norwegian band called Friends and Neighbors. Before we start the interview, let's start off the show with a sample of Salad Days. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Thank you. We are excited about the, the album. It was released in October 15, 2021. It's on the Clean Feet. Clean Feet, a Portuguese label based in Lisbon. It's, uh, it can be read in many different ways, but it can be read as number, but it can also be read as sharp, like in a musical notation. It's either, uh, you know, sharp, like in a half tone up, in contradiction to flat which is uh, uh one half note down of the note you, note you write so uh, it's sort of a word game so the earth is sharp contradiction to the the opposite that would be earth is flat but yeah <laughs> earth is sharp. <laughs> you, you have that over there too yeah. huh? <laughs> ah, i guess that exists all over the world but uh, maybe not so much here <laughs> i'm not sure the album cover that you have how cold was it that day? Everyone has a hat on and everyone has their hands in their pockets. No, it was a cold day in Brooklyn. Yeah, we have that too. I went into your Wikipedia for your weather and I was yeah. like, oh, the Northern Lights are really cool there. And your temperature is a lot colder than maybe say Baltimore, but not that much. No, and also it's a different kind of cold. I think the, the wind and the humidity is... Uh, much worse on a cold day in New York or in Baltimore than it is at least where I live, which is in the mountains. So it's much more dry in the air, so the cold doesn't feel that uh, bad. And when, it, when it's blowing and you are near the ocean, uh, that's the worst kind of cold. 
in your bio, you guys have listed here that I thought was pretty interesting about the type of music that you have. Because I think that a lot of people are going to, you know, in the Baltimore area and the fans of the, the podcast are going to going to listen to you guys. And um, the music they love in the 60s and the 70s, free jazz sounds, the ones invented by the likes of Ornette Coleman, Farrah Sanders, and John Carter. Energetic and melodic free jazz, to be more specific, with simple and suggestive tunes that you can sing as pop or folk songs, but with complex, multi-layered, improvised developments that go to the extremes of rage and joy. Whoever wrote that, that was a pretty good narrative of what the, the uh, sound is. Um, yeah, as, I, yeah, I can agree. I, I agree. <laughs> and I saw the, the likes of like Farrow Sanders and Ornette Coleman of the sixties where, where free jazz was new and, you know, kind of crazy. Your, your free jazz seems to be in the mix of a lot of melodic sounds. So it's there, but it's not, it's not the full end all being. Am I right by saying that? Yeah. I mean, we grew up in a different time and a different part of the world. And I guess it makes sense that it sounds different too. I mean, it has to do with a lot of things. It has to do with recording uh, equipment facilities, uh, but also just uh, cultural circumstances. We are influenced by the music that we uh, grew up with or... uh, we're surrounded by all the five of us in the band. We studied together, and of course, it's uh, heavily influenced by the American jazz tradition as a whole. But, but uh, more specifically, maybe the areas that you mentioned and the artists that you mentioned. But our music, we all sort of enjoy and worship the flexibility that those values in music uh, gives us that there are no fixed roles in a way. We we make things up as they go along. Even though we have compositions, we uh, the concerts are uh, widely different than the last concert. Everything mm-hmm. happens. And uh, the, mu- the music uh, makes its own path in a way. And that's, at least for me, that's what I find most intriguing about this uh, music that many people refer to as uh, free jazz, but it gives us a certain individual freedom and collective freedom to uh, form music as we go along. So, so we are not preset in the way of performing. And even though we did not grow up in the same sort of sense culturally as where this tradition was created. So it's a lot of, a lot of, it's many paradoxes that you ask yourself studying jazz, falling in love with this um, tradition, American jazz tradition, that we can't relate to in many ways, but we just have to let ourselves get inspired and take do our take on it. And um, I think it's still valid today as a musical expression. Very much it's relevant and... Uh, represents the time that we live in. The world is has become so small when it comes to where to search for inspiration. I hope you're enjoying our interview with friends and neighbors. Support the podcast, Flip the Five People. Check out Patreon. It's in the show notes. 
along with something came from Baltimore, the show. It's a 30 minute version of this podcast. Now let's get back to the interview. Are you guys like have other uh, jobs? Are you working or do you have like uh, students that you work with or is there other artists that you guys work with or uh, are you, is this your, the main gig? So, uh, this, I, I know what, that uh, question came out really weird. But yeah, I think you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know what you mean. <laughs> That's always it's a continuous uh, struggle in a way. I mean, everybody try to play as much as we can, mm-hmm. and I think in the genre of jazz and uh, beyond, it's quite common to have several projects. It's not like while in more in other forms of music, rock, pop. Uh, it's more common to maybe have one main project that everything goes into. I think it's at least in our scene here in Scandinavia, it's it's more common and also necessary to have a bunch of project projects to be able to have enough concerts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, even in addition to that, uh, most people, or at least more common than not common, is to have maybe a teaching job or a different kind of job but i think the most people i play with and work with try to play as much as possible and then fill in with other kinds of work uh some of us in this group teach at the conservatory in Trondheim and other places uh, and have private students or work in different kinds of schools and but also, like, yeah, sometimes I do other jobs too. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a it's a complex income picture, but I, I there is some challenging by doing this kind of music and make it a living. It's a uh, it's realistic but hard. <laughs> yeah, in this day and age, you have to keep your net, you know, cast it very wide. You can't dare cast yourself or you're going to miss out on opportunities. So I totally understand that. I think I think that's a strength in within the Norwegian jazz and improvised music scene that there is a tradition of uh, going in your own direction parallel to learning the tradition. That's at least a school sort of uh, pedagogic aesthetical direction uh, in Trondheim where most of the students uh, have studied it's it's more it's a quite old jazz department started in late 70s and it's been sort of setting the premises for a very original way to teach music very ear based like uh, it's a lot of ear training a good teacher at the conservatories doesn't tell you aesthetically what's right and wrong but it, they teach you to ask the right questions and to, so that when you finish the studies, you are able to make sense and ask yourself the right questions to bring bring you to the next uh, <laughs> next direction or next level. Because if you if you get taught or get told all through many years through the whole studies what to do and what not to do, you don't sort of learn a critical sense of where you want to go yourself. That's right. So I think it's a very important tool that uh, 
you actually start to reflect in an early age. <laughs> we got way off the subject, but I'm going to get you right back to this album. <laughs> <laughs> the album is called The Earth is Sharp. Yeah. Perfect. Release, release date was uh, October 15, 2021. It's on the Clean Feed Records. I am going to say your name one more time, which is uh, Tolof Espan. Yeah, that's that's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, the album is fantastic. It's one of it's going to be one of my favorites for the year. I'm really excited to share it with with the the our listeners. The first song thank I you. want to talk. Yeah, thank you. No, uh, and thanks for like uh, you know offering to talk to me about it. Um, I find that actually each play is I get deeper and deeper into the thought like the waves of, of the music and I enjoy it so much more. I play it on the way to work, which is like a 45 minute drive and it's just perfect to do the whole album. So it kind of really works. <laughs> it works. <Ooh. laughs> uh, so the, the first song we want to talk about is Halifax, Halifax. Yeah. which is either a province of Nova Scotia or it is a banking company or it's none of the above. The, the first one <laughs> beautiful the place, over there the geographic yeah i've never been there but i always wanted to go there so um it's sort of a tribute to a place that i have never been <laughs> did you tell everyone let's pay tribute to halifax i don't think that the facts the fact that it's called halifax influenced the other members in the group group very much in what they do in that way but i this was sort of a composition that played itself a little bit. I did. We didn't talk too much. We had. Um, I remember we had like a instrumental d- a debate in the beginning uh, whether it should be a flute or saxophone or a trumpet or a muted trumpets or whatever and the instrumentation. But it sort of played out itself. Uh, I played this composition. With a couple of me and the bass player in the group played this composition live sometimes with two Chicago improvisers, Ben Lamar Gay and Nick Massarella. So we tried it in a different setting, but uh, 
I think having a harmonic instrument uh, with the piano sort of cracked the composition in a in a better direction. But it it's sort of a little bit different than what we usually do. Uh, maybe more regular jazz composition way of structuring the the whole thing. It's a yeah. theme solo, new solo, uh, different uh, harmonic level. And then back to the melody again. So it's it's kind of ordinary in that sense. It, the tail end of this album is Joseph, which is the the same thing. It, it starts off in a really melodic way, and then it kind of builds and sweeps through the whole the rest of the song. That to me is my favorite song on the album. Very unexpected turns in a quiet way. Where I think you're going to go, you guys went elsewhere. I think Joseph is a very good uh, finishing song too. We, the tour we just did, we did a eighth concert tour in Norway in Austria two weeks ago, and very often Joseph was the final tune. It has, it's, it sort of it just makes sense to put it in the end, and also that's also a composition that we didn't talk too much about. It just played out in a way. Mm-hmm. Not, not that that means that it, that's a be, it's better or a worse composition, but some some compositions are we don't have to talk about anything. I we like just, it. What are you talking yeah, about? We just yeah. So, <laughs> I like this song. Yeah, but I mean, some composi- some compositions demands that you we have not a discussion, but like. Yeah, we can we can do this, or we can go in that direction, or maybe we should switch around uh, the solos, or maybe we should have a groove, or an, and then go into open form. But this this tune sort of said 
itself. <laughs> That's great. That, you know, it's 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 interesting when you do free jazz. It's to to look back at to what level does it you know become also is, Joseph jo Joseph is also a tribute or a homage to to Joe McPhee, oh, okay. the saxophone player I played in Baltimore with. His full name is uh, Jonathan Joseph McPhee. Wow, what a what a turnaround! Huh? <laughs> You're interviewing with a guy from Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you were at Baltimore. That's a weird connection. The next song I want to talk about is Untitled, and yeah. um, I want to play a segment of that towards the middle. And it looks like there's I, I don't know, like uh, either marching or or like crinkling a paper or some kind of background, like you know, a noise that's not attached to your instruments. Well, how far out is it? Like uh, on the Untitled track? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it. Starts with I. I'd have to recap how it starts, but it start. It starts with the piano, and then uh, it's the it's the melody, and then it's a piano trio, right? Yes. And then, uh, and then it goes to sort of a saxophone solo accompanied by that we the rest of us come in and interact or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I... But there just seems like there was some incidental like sounds going on also. Yeah, I, there are a lot of extended techniques on all instruments, uh, both piano and, I mean, saxophone in terms of multi, multiphonics and trumpets in terms of uh, mutes and uh, other sound effects. But it's all it's all acoustic sound effects. It's no digital sound effects. Okay. And of course, drums and bass also is a lot of uh, extended techniques in terms of percussion things I put on the drums. The bass plays alternative techniques all the time with, with or with, without the bow. So um, it's probably something like that you're hearing. I, I think extended techniques is sort of a established part of our vocabulary in a way. And it's sort of also been a natural sort of uh, part of the vocabulary in the so-called free jazz tradition and European improvised music tradition for, for that matter. I think it's a normal way to end up playing when you are constantly seeking out, breaking boundaries. Uh -huh. so it's, not, it's not that I don't find the drums uh, interesting enough. It's just... Um, what I hear in my head, uh, 
demands that I also uh, explore the sounds that I make. I got one more for you, and it's the Earth yep. is Sharp. We're going to play a segment of that also, if you're able to just fill us in a little. That's to me, is the most aggressively free jazz piece out of the, the bunch. Um, I can't. Are you playing them in the background or? Oh, no. I'm going to segment in. Like, you know, okay. we're going yeah. <laughs> to, we're going to listen to it. Yeah. Like, I, once you yeah. talk about it, we'll play a segment. We'll go right to the next song. Um, so <laughs> I figured, it, it, I figured. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate because, you know, I do segments that like are 30 to 40 seconds long or, and it's not mm-hmm. really enough time for the, you know, your songs develop and go in different directions. So what I choose, you're like, it doesn't really give the, a full picture of those songs, I guess I'm saying. sort of aggressive uh, up-tempo typical free jazz kind of uh, composition but it's also quite sort of strict in many strict in many ways it has odd measures it has uh, rhythmical not, not complexities but uh, details <laughs> but also it's hard of I, I, I remember we spend some time on you, you want, we want to make it flexible too so it's like it's not a so it doesn't feel doesn't feel like it's uh, too strict playing in a way but the first part is uh, quite up tempo and then it goes into a trumpet solo quite open trumpet solo that ends ends in a up tempo swing kind of vibe and then it changed completely t- changed tempo to uh different not yeah different time signature that one thing but it changes uh metrics in a way it's nothing not not something that you count in it's just that from one second to another we switch uh, uh beat <laughs> so it's also quite typical in our compositions that you have one kind of groove in one solo and a completely different groove in another solo so I, I would say this is a quite composed piece, but uh, there are some solid, obvious references when I listen to this music now. It's also like the last part there is with the percussion and the way that we play the groove. Is, uh, it's quite clear sort of tributes to uh, some Keith Jarrett recordings from the late 60s. <laughs>
Thank you very much for joining me today on Something Came From Baltimore. You did it. Uh, Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the interview today with the avant-garde improvisational group from Norway called Friends and Neighbors. The album is called The World is Sharp. Support the artist and spin that album. I think you'll be impressed. In the show notes, we have information about the band, Patreon, how to subscribe to the podcast, how to get access to Something Came From Baltimore, the show, on thebox.com. And we always ask you to flip this episode to five people who love music just as much as you do, because we want you all to be a part of that Be More Music scene. Something came from Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore, 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 Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Something came from Baltimore, Baltimore.